What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Hardline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, and welcome to His Hardline. You're listening to another episode of 1% with Him. Glad to have you here. We're going to be reading out of the book of Psalm, chapter 32, and if I'm feeling like it, we might do one more. We might do Psalm chapter 33. I'm not sure. But anyways, I hope you're all having a good day. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the ones in charge. They are the host of the show, and they are at the helm. Then they're at the wheel of this ship, and they're steering this crazy, you know, this ship through these crazy chaotic waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you all here. It is Wednesday, September 28th, 2022, and I hope everybody's week is going well so far. Hope um, we're, we're keeping Florida in our prayers. Uh, there's a lot going on down there. Um, I tell you, as somebody who used to live in Florida myself, it's a little bit, uh, you know, well, it's a little nerve-wracking just to watch it from afar because, I mean, I haven't gone through any major hurricanes, gone through some pretty strong tropical storms, some tropical depressions, um, went through like a Category 1 hurricane, nothing really major, but... You know, seeing what happened and hearing the accounts of a lot of the people down there that I used to, you know, that I knew down there, because I used to do boat bottom cleaning when I lived in Florida in uh, Port Charlotte. And I used to live in Northport, as a matter of fact. And I had some clients that I worked on their boats up in uh, Sarasota and Punta Gorda um, and out there in uh, Inglewood. So I did a lot of boat bottom cleaning around that area where, you know, uh, Hurricane Ian is pounding right now. And one of the big hurricanes at the time when I lived there um, was Hurricane, uh, I think it was Hurricane Charlie. Hurricane Charlie wreaked severe havoc there as well. I forgot what year it hit, but yeah, Hurricane Charlie was, uh, was quite the, uh, the mess maker uprooting boats out of the harbor and just it, it was it was just a chaotic mess and so it looks like that area that region of florida is going to get you know they're going to get hit and pounded again um the waters have been sucked out of the bay in uh charlotte bay in fact my mom sent me a video clip as a matter of fact of uh charlotte harbor there and i had a lot of clients in that marina there um it was called lashley park marina and I had a lot of clients there that I did, you know, I cleaned the bottoms of their boat. And now you look at the video footage, it's kind of surreal because all the boats are just sitting on the bottom of the uh, marina in the, in the muck. And so it's really interesting to see because that's where I used to, you know, get in the water and, 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 and clean off, you know, these people's expensive toys. It's just really miraculous to see water get sucked out of a harbor like that. But, uh, but anyway... So we're keeping Florida in our prayers. Uh, we pray that there's very little to no casualty as far as, you know, loss of human life. Um, but, 
you know, when you got something of that magnitude, you know, a Category 4 hurricane, uh, you know, yeah, you're definitely guaranteed to have a lot of, you know, property damage. But as far as life, loss of life and injuries, it's almost one of those things that's almost kind of un unavoidable you know so we just keep florida and all the residents and people who went and visited you know they're visiting in florida we keep everybody that's in that state in our prayers so god you know watch after everyone that's down there in that state so okay so what we're going to do is we're going to start the bible reading again we're going to be reading out of the new american standard bible it's going to be psalm chapter 32 and it reads How blessed is he whose wrongdoing is forgiven, whose sin is covered? How blessed is a person whose guilt the Lord does not take into account, and in whose spirit there is no deceit? When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality failed as with the dry heat of summer. Selah. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my guilt. I said, I will confess my wrongdoings to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Selah. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time when you may be found. Certainly, in a flood of great waters, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You keep me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. Selah. I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will advise you with my eye upon you. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, whose trappings include bit and bridle to hold them in check. Otherwise, they will not come near to you. The sorrows of the wicked are many, but the one who trusts in the Lord, goodness will surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice for righteous ones and shout for joy, all you who are upright in heart. Now, when David committed sin with Bathsheba, then sinned further trying to cover up his crimes, God brought intense misery into his life. And it was not until Nathan, a prophet who rebuked David, that he finally admitted his guilt before the Lord and found forgiveness. Now, this psalm corresponds to Psalm 51, which was David's initial response to Nathan's righteous accusations. Now, in Psalm 32, David reflects on the, on the blessings of divine forgiveness, and that self-examination is likely part of the meaning of the Hebrew term maskil, likely referring to specific type of musical, inst- uh, musical arrangement. Now, the psalm begins with David expressing the relief which comes with being forgiven of sin. And this can only come when a person confesses to God and accepts that their actions were wrong. So resisting that admission cost David intense emotional and physical distress. And God's conviction is unpleasant, but it's part of his mercy. And forcing a person to confront their own sin leads to repentance, restoration, and growth. When there is no admission of sin, that relationship remains stained. And buddy, let me tell you what, I can speak to, to the highest level on this. I can speak to the highest level on this. Because I'm going to tell you right now, when you admit your sins to God and, and, and you confess and put it all out there on the table, 
you do truly feel like a huge burden gets lifted off of your shoulders when you place it all into God and you just lay it all out there and you just ask God, God, please give me your forgiveness. But when you resist that admission, like with David, it costed him some serious emotional and physical agony. But when you, but when you go to God and you lay it all out there, and you confront your sins, and you lay it out there, and you, 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 you put it out there, and you repent, well, then what ends up coming after that is a restoration, a rebuilding from the inside out. And you grow into a new you. You become a better version of yourself than you were five minutes prior to confessing, confessing that sin, to, you know, prior to the admission of that sin or sins. And so confession before God leads to relief in the greatest way, in a way that most people probably will never understand unless they go and do it themselves. But those who sincerely seek God can anticipate being forgiven when they acknowledge sin and repent. And so David encourages others to do the same as he has done. Because again, when you, have, when you feel that good after an admission of your sins and you ask for repentance and then you start the restoration process— it really, truly is a transformative thing, and it, you want nothing more than other people to experience that beautiful moment that God has with you. And so the advice offered next is subject to some level of debate, and there's some interpreters out there that actually disagree as to whether verses 8 and 9 are spoken from the perspective of David or as God. Now, neither option changes the truth, meaning and application of the verses, True wisdom starts with an acknowledgement of God's truth. And you can find that referenced in Proverbs 1.7. Now, reacting negatively to good counsel is foolish and leads to even more suffering. And so those who trust in God's knowledge are not free from all troubles. But they can be assured of his loving care amid those circumstances. That God will walk you through it. He will guide you through that storm. Just because you have full trust in God's knowledge, again, remember, it does not absolve you or make you immune to the troubles of life. We're still going to have troubles. It's just a matter of how we walk through those troubles. And so this particular psalm concludes with an encouragement for praise. And compared to those who stubbornly refuse to admit their sin, humble and godly people have every reason to rejoice in God. Amen. And so receiving forgiveness of sin not only results in an immediate restoration of our relationship with God, but it also gives reasons for us to celebrate. Not only that, it also will prolong your life. Because when you don't carry that stuff inside of you, it's just like stress. Stress can't be seen. Sin, if you sin, sin can be seen. But stress, when you deal with stress, that's something that can't be seen. It's something that can be felt. But it's nothing that can be seen, but it can have such catastrophic, devastating effects on your life later on. Now, Psalm 32, as just kind of like a little side note, now Psalm 32 follows David's confession of the sins of adultery and murder. And Psalm 51 records his initial response when confronted by the prophet Nathan. And so the background of David's sin, Nathan's rebuke, and the aftermath are found in 
2 Samuel 11 through 12. And so for some undisclosed time, David refused to even acknowledge his sin, but when he finally confessed it, the Lord graciously forgave him. And see, this often ends up being um, this often ends up being a uh, a topic of discussion and debate. One would say among my wife and I. Now, like I said, I grew up Catholic. My wife has definitely grown up Catholic, and I'm not saying anything negative about the Catholic religion. However, I will say my views have you know my views have shifted quite some time after I've started awakening more to what's going on in the Catholic religion from the Vatican on down. But here's the thing. This isn't about really religion. It's not about Catholics. It's not about Lutheran. But it's about separating from religion, which is, which is let's, not, let's face facts, okay? Religion and all the different denominations is a man-made thing. Okay, you do not hear of any of these religions. You do not see the word Catholic or Lutheran or Protestant or Mormon, or Methodist, or Southern Baptist. You don't see any of those words in the Holy Bible. So let's face facts. Religion is a man-made thing. Now, that being said, this is why I just rather just go to a non-denominational, Bible-based, Christ-following church. Okay? Now, my wife strongly disagrees with me because... You know, one of, the, one of the biggest things that we often talk about is, you know, she, she feels like she's got to go to confession because, God forbid, something happens and she gets like in a car accident or something happens where she passes away and she hasn't gone to confession. She feels like she will not go to heaven. It's like, no. Now, a lot of Catholics will disagree with me on this. My mother-in-law, my father-in-law, uh, even probably my own grandparent. Like, there's a lot of people in my family who probably disagree with me on this. But here's the thing. The big thing that I always say, I'm like, hold on a second, because this is the one point I always bring forward to her, but yet for some reason it doesn't, it doesn't hit home with her. And so, it, but it resonates with me. And this is something, even though I grew up Catholic, this has always been something that I've always thought about. And the point that I make is, okay, the whole world's not Catholic, clearly. Okay, there's a small percentage of people that are Catholic out there around the world. So it's like, you're telling me that if I don't go to confess my sins to a priest, a mortal, a man, I don't care if he's a man of the cloth, he's still a mortal, okay? You're telling me if I, ha- if I don't go confess my sins to a priest and I die in a truck wreck, again, God forbid, heaven forbid, that I'm internally Damn to hell? Come on. I don't, I don't buy that one minute. Because there's so many people out there, people that are Native Americans, people that are, you know, Aborigines in Australia. You have so many groups of people around the world that are not Catholic, but you do have a lot of people around the world that believe in Jesus Christ. So you're telling me, and this is what I would say, so I'm like, so you're telling me that if... 80% of the people in the world that aren't, if they're not Catholic, we'll, we even, we'll lower that number. Let's just say 60% of the people around the world, if they're not Catholic and they don't confess their sins to a priest and they happen to die before confessing those sins, because again, it's, it's believed that if you don't confess your sins to a priest and you die, you don't get into heaven. No, I, 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 don't, I don't go along with that belief. 
That's me. Okay, that's that's Jason speaking. I don't go along with that. Because you can't tell me we have a gun that says, you know, something happens and your time ends up, you know, your time clock, you know, ends up, you know, coming to a conclusion on the highway because, you know, somebody ran into you in a snowstorm and, you know, your life's taken. But because you weren't Catholic and because you did not go to a priest to confess your sins, you're damned to hell and you're not going to heaven. No. I'm sorry, we, do not, I don't, we don't have a God that does that. As long as we, again, like David, just go right to God, go right to the Lord and say, God, forgive my sins, amend my life, make right all that I have done wrong. You know, all the things that I've done wrong, please make right. I want to walk in righteousness. I want to walk in the path of Jesus. I want to reflect your son to the best of my ability. I seek out the heart of Jesus. Lord God, please forgive my sins. You can't sit there and tell me that if somebody with deep sincerity and a true remorse for their sins deep within them goes to Father and says something similar or better than that, with a true, righteous feeling behind it and remorse, you're telling me God's not going to forgive that, and if you happen to get in a car accident the next day, that you're not going to... No, I don't believe that. That is not the God we have. And this is one of the reasons why I absolutely hate religion, just like politics. They're all used to do a few things, and one of them is to divide people, and the second thing is to brainwash people and to get people caught up in tradition and make people believe that if you don't do X, Y, and Z, well, then you don't get to go to, you know, ABC. No, that's crap. And I will stand strong by that. So anyway, that's really all I got. So we're going to end this with a prayer, and then we'll close us out. Heavenly Father, We thank you for another day of life and good health. We thank you for all that you do. And we do come to you like David. And we confess our sins to you. We ask for, you know, we come to you and repent of our sins. We ask for your forgiveness. We acknowledge the wrong that we have done, not just individually, but as a nation. And in order to become a restored nation, we know we need to come to you and admit all the wrongdoings that we have committed, not just personally, but as a, as a country. And we sincerely and, and, and we sincerely and humbly and remorsefully come to you and say, we are sorry. We pray for your forgiveness, Father. And thank you for another day of life and good health, by the way. Every day that I wake up and we get out of bed, and breathe air in our first conscious moments of a new day is a great day because you allowed us to stand up and become vertical. Thank you for that. And so, Father, we pray all this in your wonderfully holy, sweet son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have for today. And I just want to say thank you for joining us for another episode of 1% with him. And I just, you know, ask you for a favor. Share this podcast. Please send it via text. Copy the link. Send it via text. Send it via TikTok. Send it 
Facebook, email, I don't care what you got to do. Share this podcast far and wide, please. You will do me a huge, huge favor. Uh, because like I said, I've been suffering some attacks here. So I need your help. We need to build out this community. So um, like I said, we will eventually come back here and do this live. But right now, I'm just going to do it for like this for a second till things kind of cool down for a second. But uh, yeah, just please, we, uh, we need to grow this community even further. So uh, thank you so much for that. And like I said, like I always say here at His Heart Line, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. We will not let this enemy cross into our side of the line. We will push the enemy back. That's what we do here at His Heart Line, ladies and gentlemen. We need to be bold. We need to not waver. Because right now we are in the most miraculous times I think humanity has ever lived through throughout the existence of, of, well, of this world. We really are living through some unprecedented times, but exciting times. So prayers up, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, have no fear. God's walking with you during the storm. and He'll guide you through it. Have a blessed day or night wherever you're at in the world. God bless. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. Remember, we need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is literally 1% of our time on a daily basis. Spend a little time in the Bible, spend some time in prayer. And you'd be amazed what Jesus will do to you. Drop. our website www.hishardline.com for all the latest updates.